What's good, everyone? My name is Jacob Moses, and welcome to another episode of the Not Boring Tech Writer, where in each episode, we focus on a different skill that you can learn to enhance your skill set, improve your marketability, diversify your career, and ultimately break the stereotype that technical writing is a boring career. This episode's skill? Understanding content marketing. As technical writers, we excel at turning technical information into documentation that helps users understand complex concepts. We write software documentation that helps users understand a product. We create video tutorials that teach users how to use a feature. Software documentation is the technical writer's bread and butter. However, perhaps unknowingly, technical writers could also thrive at content marketing, a form of marketing that tells a company's story and expertise in an interesting, sales-boosting way. To help us unpack this skill, we have Chad Law on the podcast, senior copywriter at ZenReach, who every day works in the full suite of content marketing, from corporate blog writing to Google AdWords. In this episode, Chad shares his experiences as a content marketer, plus shares tips on how you can transition into the field, including how content marketing differs from technical writing, how content marketers can succeed, and how to use your existing skills to transition into content marketing. Big shout out to Knowledge Owl, a wonderful knowledge-based software product for sponsoring the Not Boring Tech Writer, and I hope you all enjoy this episode. Chad, what's good, man? How are you today? Good, man. How are you doing? I'm doing good. How's life in Oakland, California? You know, it's warm today, and I'm going to go see that new Tarantino movie later, so it's pretty oh, good. Oh, nice, man. I've been hearing a lot, of, a lot of chatter about that film, but haven't caught it myself yet. Well, Chad, so excited to chat with you today. We have a great skill to cover together, and that's understanding content marketing. I know you've been in this game for a few years now. You were working as a copywriter at Whole Foods beforehand. Now you're messing with the content marketing life, doing some corporate blog writing. Really excited to hear what insights you have to share with listeners today. To get us started, can you tell us a little bit about the work that you've been doing these past few years over at ZenReach? Yeah. So since I moved out of consumer packaged goods and into tech writing, I've been just doing like the like full suite content marketing thing. So I'll walk in it work on anything from, you know, email campaigns to in product UX, um, you know, some corporate blogging. And it's actually like the, the smallest amount of what I do, even though it's probably the most visible thing. But I do a lot of like Google ads, Facebook ads, LinkedIn stuff, the SEO content writing, a lot, a lot of tweaks and stuff for the, for the website. And what was that transition like, Chad? Because before I know you were at Whole Foods, you're doing a lot of great, you know, maybe more traditional copywriting, in-store signage, stuff like that. What was that transition like going from more traditional sense of copywriting into what you described as this, this full suite of content marketing? Yeah, well, the, the, the big difference is just kind of understanding what you're trying to do with it. Like, you know, for tech companies, especially like business, the business SaaS stuff, the game is to really just get a qualified marketing lead 
in conversation with an SDR, a sales development rep, or somebody who's going to vet them to like a heavier uh, salesperson. So you're really just trying to get like the person's attention a lot more with like a very specific message. Uh, Whereas like Whole Foods, you know, vegetables are just much broader, like heirloom tomatoes, delicious. And (laughs) that that messaging is just broader. Um, And although I would say that probably the the food stuff is a lot more fun because, you know, you'll spend all day researching something. At the end of the day, you know everything about heirloom tomatoes. But, you know, at the end of the day of researching for what I do, it's like I have more knowledge about some totally obscure point of location-based marketing. It's less applicable to your real life. And Chad, your food copywriting was phenomenal. I know that's how we first met. I think I was trying to get into food copywriting and just did a general Google search of Whole Foods copywriter, found some interview with you, and you you slayed with that stuff. And just this morning, as I was preparing for this podcast, I was looking back at your portfolio. And Chad, my man, I know you're doing a different kind of writing now, but I mean, you were you were killing that field. Yeah. I mean, I think part of it was like, I was so invested in it in, in my yeah. actual life. You know, I really liked going to see farms and I worked in farmer's markets for a long time and, you know, all the weird dietary stuff that comes along with it. I'm like really yeah. interested in all manner of, of stupid bro science and you know, <sighs> weird hippie technology. I, I, that stuff is just very interesting to me and it touches a lot of you know, kind of different like cultural touch points I was into like, you know, punk rock music or whatever. Yeah. Um, and then this stuff, not so much, you know, <laughs> it's a little bit different. I want to chat a little more about something you just mentioned. And that's, you know, with all the content marketing work that you're doing, really the main goal, as opposed to maybe traditional copywriting, is to be able to get that lead. And that's totally what I learned as well. My first writing gig was a content marketing internship with Copyblogger Media. Mm-hmm. And at this point, I was just kind of, you know, as you know, blogging for fun. I was doing a music website and I didn't really ever consider the call to action with my writing. It was more so let's just blog about cool shit and hope that people share it online. But I remember my boss telling me, it's like, no, Jacob, like your writing is good, but all of this lacks a call to action. Like it's kind of missing the whole point. What was that shift like from traditional copywriting into you know having to write with that end goal being hopefully getting a lead for Zenreach. Well, the biggest, I mean, in all marketing, you're trying to get somebody to do something. You know, come in and buy hot dogs or whatever. Um, it it, but the uh, the persona I think is what's very different. Like instead of being somebody who's going to be grilling on the Fourth of July, which could be anybody, you are trying to get like an like in my case now an enterprise level marketing professional who makes business decisions on technologies for like a mm-hmm. 300 chain restaurant. It, it's like very, very specific, you know? And, and so you really have to think about like what that person is looking at, but it also can't be boring because, you know, we're hitting them on like social channels where they're yeah. looking at Kardashians and whatever. So you have to have this kind of blend of like being really tight to what you're talking about and then figuring out something that would like catch their eye and be kind of fun. And Chad, you do an excellent job with that. I know every now and then you post your ZenReach posts on LinkedIn and you talk about trying to create not boring content, which of course is a theme of this podcast. You, you do yeah. an excellent job with it. I think the latest one I read, you were comparing, you know, talking about Stranger Things, the latest season came out. Of course, the mall, the mall becomes the latest big thing. Main Street dies. Where do you find that association between, you know, ZenReach's mission as a company 
but also ensuring that you know you create interesting relevant content that's going to get people to click on it in the first place well i mean one i think is having like a good company that they trust you to do that stuff like my boss he his deal is like hey you know you know you know culture better so you you go figure it out right Mm -hmm. but like think about your office like the people we're selling to they're not sitting around talking about beacon devices and shit unless they're in a Mm -hmm. meeting they're talking about what they saw on game of thrones or whatever kanye just did or you know the new kid cuddy album or whatever they they want to talk about. So it's like that stuff is what's on people's mind. So I think like playing with that stuff is a little bit better than just cranking out super dry, terrible white paper. Yeah. I mean, I mean, even the best written white paper ever, no one wants to read it actually. Sure. So where do you find that association, Chad? Like going back to this Stranger Things piece, you know, um, you picked something that was really relevant in pop culture that was Stranger Things. How do you tie back what's going down and what's on people's, you know, evoked set culturally, and then be able well, to what, tie that to what's going down in ZenReach. Well, one of the things I think is like, like David Foster Wallace had this whole idea of like his his advantage in writing was that he was just a really average dude, like a, a totally average normal yeah. person. And I feel like I'm kind of the same way. And stuff that interests me, it, it's not like I'm like on top of everything. I'm just interested in the same stuff that the culture and industry is like created. Yeah. So I, I respond to it and especially crazy wild shit. You know, I, I'm in an office, so I look at the internet all the time and, you know, I mean, just look at the elections. It's like memes that win. It's not uh-huh. like really, it's not really well-crafted position papers. Like nobody gets right. a shit about that. Uh-huh. Um, you know, and in the end of the day, you're going to vote one way or the other, probably based on like, your exposure to this goofy media rather than yes. like reading a page, you know? So yeah. that stuff wins. Yeah. That's an excellent point, Chad. How much has social media been a part of your role as ZenReach? I know very maybe little. content marketing, not, not, not much. Yeah. Very little. Um, because a lot of our, our leads don't really come through that. Like one of the cool things about like working with these like kind of high tuned marketing platforms is that you know exactly where people are coming from and like how long they spend on individual pages and things like that. And mm-hmm. social media drives almost none of it. Like really the, the thing that social media does the most for us is uh, we show off a company culture through it because, yeah. you know, like a lot of these companies do exactly the same thing. I mean, even the company I work with has some pretty stiff competition out there. And so it becomes about like how well like your engineering team and your teams work. So you want to attract yeah. the best talent. So that's what we use our, our social for mostly. Gotcha. Chad, I want to talk a little more about the relationship between technical writing and content marketing. Mm-hmm. I think back to my senior year, I was majoring in technical communication. My final semester, we had a big capstone project. And my big pitch as a faculty was that we need to start teaching more content marketing in our tech comp programs. It was very heavy on software documentation. Mm-hmm. At this point, I was working as a content marketing intern while getting this tech writing degree. And the association between the two was just glaringly obvious to me. You know, Mm -hmm. we were still finding an audience. Yeah, I'm not writing about documentation, but you still need a lot of technical skills to be able to do this corporate blogging, especially if you're working for a software company. From your experience, what has that relationship been like? Understanding the technical side of a product, which of course many tech writers are good at, but being able to still do more interesting narrative driven writing as opposed to you know traditional software documentation well i think like you know being able to like 
take a product and understand it and write about how it works is always going to be really useful, especially with a lot of tech companies that that's literally the pitch, you know, yeah. like, Hey, this, this software allows you to four X your Facebook audience effectiveness. Like, and then you explain how it works because people, the, a lot of times the buying, the people making buying decisions are really smart. So mm -hmm. they, 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 they want to know very you know, specific technical details. So it's really more about like lean writing and and kind of just being very clear and not trying to like add too much fluff like so yeah and then that like really lean writing it's easy to trend you know use that for like a facebook ad where you could put like a funny picture and then some sort uh, of wild headline and then and then use your body copy as that sort of more technical writing mm. so it's good to and blend I'm, yeah absolutely and it still has a story and mm -hmm. tech writers i imagine many of you are still kind of writing with that story arch in mind, you know, even documentation. You know, you start off with maybe the problem that the end user has, you address yeah. that problem and then guide them through the story on how they can solve it. Have you found an association between documentation and the kind of story writing that you're doing? Um, a little bit, you know, more, more when it touches in case studies, because, you know, the story we're writing is like an abstracted story of the person who's buying the thing and using it. Yeah. You know, it's not about like how cool Zen Reach is. It's about, you know, you know how this small chain of pizza places used it to boost up their email campaigns and drive yeah. more businesses to help yeah. their whatever. So like, I, I find it like the case study style stuff is, is really where that works very well. Interesting. Because you're still focusing on the benefits. You know, of course, yeah. all the great features of Zen Reach are awesome, but we have to capture that benefit of why a customer would actually get value out of this product. And I think the same goes for doc software documentation. You know, say you're doing API docs, you know, you have to find that endpoint to be able to get that feature on your site. Yeah, that's cool. But you have to be able to describe it in a way that says, okay, this is actually the thing that I'm looking for. Yeah. And companies of, of different sizes approach that differently. Like I've worked a place where we had, you know, technical writers who weren't part of the marketing team. And so they would do that type of work. And then I've also, you know, most often worked with like, okay, you're the engineer who made this thing. Why don't you write it out and then I'll clean it up. So I do oh, a lot of editing of that stuff is another kind of like content service you yeah. can provide a little bit. Give me an example of that because I imagine that relationship is very familiar with listeners because, you know, they work with a lot of the subject matter experts to create documentation. Mm -hmm. But I've never considered this angle for corporate blog writing. Um, yeah. Elaborate more on that relationship. You know, like a good example might be uh, when you're working on an integration with another company. Like, so, you know, we can connect our Wi-Fi thing to a point of sale system and then you can have yeah. even more data to market people. Um, you know, how the integration actually works might be really technical, but, you know, I'll have somebody go write it out, you know, exactly how it works, like a stereo instruction manual or yeah. something like that. And then yeah. sometimes that language, it could just be cleaned up and tightened up or, or you can add in examples peppered in where, you know, they kind of like drive a story or introduce a yeah. story to it a little bit. Um, so we'll do a lot of that stuff. Cause you know, when especially smaller Silicon Valley companies like pitch decks or thing, like we're, we're always working on, um, you know, trying to get a new integration with somebody or like a new investor or something like that. So you do a lot of working on like, what does the product actually do? And then what's the best way to sell that feature? Yeah. Chad, that's interesting. Where does that piece of contents that you helped edit from the subject matter expert, where does that content live on Zenreach? Is this treated as 
documentation? Does this supplement more formal software documentation? Um, it depends. You know, like a lot of that stuff that I was just talking about, it, it, it just goes off to a specific meeting or a specific person. Gotcha. Um, but you'll see sometimes it'll make its way into a white paper, which you'll uh-huh. you'll throw behind. You uses like a lead gen piece. You'll throw it behind a gated wall to get some content yeah. information from somebody. And you know the the big trick with that sort of stuff is you you try to talk more about. And this this is sometimes really tricky. You're trying to not really talk about and sell your product as much as what it can do and the technology behind it. Mm. Which you know if your technology is really unique, it's kind of weird to say like, well, you know, here's the solution that's been developed. But sure. Like sure. for instance, like we might or the previous job I was at, um, it did digital asset management, so just storing all your shit, kind of like Dropbox. And you know, you're trying to tell different ways that that your specific technology might work differently than the other one. But yeah. really, you're just talking about digital asset management, like which is so fucking boring. I mean. It's, 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 <laughs> That that's like probably the the hardest thing about like this type of work is like the content that you live in is just really not that interesting at the end of the day, uh, huh. unless you're actively searching to buy that sort of thing. Then you're really yeah. interested in it, you know. See, and that's where I really see the corporate blog writing complementing the documentation well. So, say for example, someone maybe doesn't know that they need this new digital asset management product. If with the corporate blog, you can tell a great story, push out all those benefits, it piques their interest. Maybe they have a specific benefit that they're looking for. Then they can refer back to the software documentation and actually get the technical side of it. Have you seen kind of that one-two punch? Yeah, that's, work? that's how like a lot of like the, um, the Legion campaigns will work. You know, you'll you'll have a blog or something like that, or maybe your email newsletter. And sometimes you'll use another company's list, like contentmarketing.com or something like that. Mm-hmm. And you'll, you'll just basically have this piece of content of some sort that goes out and then it leads you down the funnel. And as you get deeper down to this purchasing decision, usually the yeah. content gets a lot more technical. I can even see documentation sites having a dedicated blog. So say, you know, yeah. a software company has, you know, the general blog on its homepage but then once you get to the documentation sites, more, you know, tech focused. Yeah. A lot of companies, a lot of companies, well, I mean, it's kind of interesting. A lot of companies will have an engineering blog and oh, it'll just I wasn't be, familiar the, with that. yeah, the engineers will just write about what they did because there's kind of, a, um, you know, it's almost like showing their work as their portfolio. So they'll, they'll write about like maybe how they did something and, if it's not uh, too terribly sensitive information, um, it, it can give your engineer team props. So like uh, uh, the reason why we have an engineering blog, which I don't even do anything with, like I, I thought it was going to be something I would have to manage and edit really hard. But yeah. the fact is those people are really smart and they know how to write. So, you know, a, a lot of times the writing is very good. You don't have to do anything yeah. except for yeah. like give it a comb over for the content style guide. Um, and you know, like that stuff will attract engineering talent, you know, because you might like read somebody's, it's almost like uh, reading somebody's academic paper, except for it's way more actionable and interesting. Interesting. And in regards to attracting or retaining talent, I imagine on this engineering blog, the person's, you know, face and name is associated with this content, right? As opposed to the engineering and coding that they're doing where it's all in the background. This opportunity yeah. to say, hey, like I'm more than just a program behind the scenes. Let me explain this great feature and hopefully help out some other engineers in the process. Yeah. And there's a little bit of a bragging thing about it, but also like the thing is like, they also don't really need it. You know, if you're like a talented engineer, 
and you decide that you don't like the snacks and the snack cabinet in the company, you can just bounce wherever you want to. Right now. <laughs> I mean, it, it's such in demand. It, it, yeah. it, they can just do whatever. It's kind of all over the place, man. Like, I mean, it's if if I was starting in school right now at like 18, there's no way in hell I would go into content or marketing in any way. I would go straight engineering the whole time. I know we've had this conversation. I'm so reluctant to have it, but I think. (laughs) But I mean, this is the truth of it. If you're technically minded enough to be able to write about technical content and you're young, go to a code school, spend 12 weeks and get in because like, it's just way more stable. Like it's difficult sometimes to even know what sort of job you're applying for, you know, like mm. where I'm at and my last couple of jobs have been, the pay has been pretty crazy, you know, yeah, but, absolutely. um, you know, I've also applied to the exact same type of companies and they're like, Oh, it's like 45 grand. And you're like, what the fuck? And wow. It's yeah. in the bay. And then, you know, they might offer like stock or something like that, but it's not worth anything until it's worth something, you know? So but the engineers, they're making way more money just out the gate. Oh, I mean, it, it, that's your deal, you know? And it's like, yeah. And yeah. So that to me, the career, the smart career is that, you know? Yeah. I feel you. And you make a great point about confusion in the marketplace. Like even your current title, senior copywriter. I haven't been in content marketing for a while, but my first thought would be, you know, the work that you were doing at Whole Foods before. In-store signage, mm-hmm. product description, stuff like that. But no, I mean, you are deep in content marketing doing Google AdWords, corporate blog writing, email marketing, stuff that if you walked up to someone and said, what does a senior copywriter do? Stuff that I imagine wouldn't come to mind. Yeah. I mean, it's even more of a, like a content director position at this yeah, stage. Yeah, I mean, no doubt. You, you're thinking about like the whole funnel. You're, you're you know, dealing with like product side where you're writing about new product releases or trying to figure out a way to do that or you're writing internal emails. I mean, the amount of internal emails that I edit is crazy. I mean, like just, just inside. And that's another job that I've seen a lot lately is internal communications. There, there are people who are just paid to deal with all internal stuff. Oh, interesting. Like knowledge management within the company. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, it could be everything from, you know, company messaging. Like some companies are just always have a lot of heat. So they're always dealing with like PR stuff. Like, I mean, I can't imagine what it would be like to work at Uber and that, mm-hmm. that seems like it would be mm-hmm. just wild all the time. They yeah. just laid off like 400 marketing people. Yeah. And any tech company that deals with any sort of data accumulation is going to have uh-huh. nothing but that to deal with over the next few years. Yes. That's a great point, Chad. So, Chad, of course, you made this wonderful, important pitch about, hey, if you have any kind of technical interest, maybe pursue coding. It's yeah. an important message. We still have listeners who, of course, love their technical writing, are going to mm-hmm. stick with it. However, perhaps they're curious about getting more into the content marketing side. From your experience, what do you think are a few you know, characteristics of a successful writer that wants to transition into the content marketing side? Well, I guess it depends on what you're doing for a living. Like, If you're doing technical writing inside a company... I think you could probably easily get your fingers on like a blog post or two uh, yeah. from the marketing team. Like I know we're always looking for content from wherever. So I think that would be a really easy spot if you're in a company already doing it. Um, the other one is just, you know, with a portfolio and, you know, the right environment, I mean, you could nail a low level content marketing job in the same way you would look for a junior technical writer and yeah. you could easily transition over. I mean, I think that, 
like the ability to write technically would be more valuable to me than like funny headlines yeah. if I was yeah. hiring like a freelancer. Because usually sure. like that's what we're doing is we're trying to, I mean, we literally just did this just now. Like we, we had this big long white paper um, that we just didn't have time to write. So we got a technical writer to write it and we'll punch it up with headlines and, and whatnot and we'll design it. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's so useful. And I, I get like every once in a while cold emails from people. I, I don't ever really respond because I'm not in the hiring position, but I imagine that that works for somebody just like reaching out to a company and saying, hey, this is the type of writing I do if you need any help with that. And then mm. you can easily get a job like I have, you know. Cool, Chad. If a tech writer is unfamiliar with this kind of writing and wants to see a few examples, of course, in the show notes below, I'm going to include, include a few examples of your ZenReach blog posts. Sure. Chad, does anything else come to mind of good corporate blog writing that you've seen that I could refer listeners to? Well, you know, I think like companies that have like a really good brand identity usually do pretty well. Like Airbnb, I think, always does a really good job. Yeah. Um, there's a company called Airtable that's like project management software. And that seems like the most boring thing in the world, like just a fancy millennial tuned Excel. But I think uh. they do a pretty good job with their thing. But the kings of it are Drift. Um, and I don't think anybody's right. doing business to business technical marketing better than them. And I think okay. it's not to a lot of people, like old school people's liking, because it's very loud. They use a lot of video. You can see that they're probably like super into Gary Vaynerchuk. But I always look at their emails. I think they, they're killing it and, and their company is growing so fast. Awesome. Uh, and then, and what they do is pretty boring, man. It's just like a little pop-up AI that yeah. directs you down a sales funnel that goes on your website. But their, uh. their content is so good um, that it, it's just interesting to look at. And they have a lot of fun and they feature their employees a lot, which I really like. Yeah. Very cool. Well, listeners, I will be sure to add not only Chad's content, but the corporate writing blog for Airtable and Drift as well. Give you all a few good examples. Chad, this has been awesome, man. I appreciate sharing your expertise and experiences with us. It's been really helpful for me. If anyone wants to connect with you, learn more about what's going down with the great work you're doing, where can people connect with you online? And maybe listen to your own podcast that you have going down. Yeah, I mean, as much as I like uh, paying a mortgage with content uh, marketing writing, like my big passion is film and especially like dark and genre stuff. So I have a podcast called Scary Thoughts that I do with a musician named Mark Kate. And uh, we do about every two and a half weeks, a pretty deep, super academic, nerdy dive into some sort of like horror movie or horror <laughs> property. Sometimes yeah. it's, you know, sometimes it'll be something like Facebook or surveillance media. Uh, but if you like to get really deep into like film craft or even, you know, philosophy, like it, it's a, it's the show for you, but you'll know within like 10 seconds if you want to watch, listen to it. <laughs> right, not. I love it. And if anyone wants to holler at you, maybe follow you on Twitter, see what's going down. You have, you're on Twitter, of course. Yeah. I'm pretty much like my full name on everything, which is Chad Fred Lott. So at Chad Fred Lott, um, you know, my Instagram is just pictures of my dogs and books I've read. Um, nice. You know, I, I I keep it like pretty clean of marketing content on my private life. I feel like that yeah. division is good to maintain. No doubt, no doubt. You gotta proudly pursue your own interests outside of work. Yeah, I'm vibing with that. Well, Chad, thank you. This has been a joy. We'll chat very soon. All right, talk to you later. Thanks, Chad. Thanks again to Knowledge Owl, creators of the wonderful knowledge-based software for sponsoring the Not Boring Tech Writer podcast. 
And thanks so much to each of you for listening to this episode. Talk soon.